Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. World Insight. China and Russia forming an alliance in the East. China and Russia are creating a partnership that is poised to dominate Asia and challenge the West. Where might it lead? By Neil Hogberg. As American and European leaders gathered on the coast of the English Channel in June 2019 to commemorate the 75th anniversary of the World War II D-Day landings in Normandy, another significant gathering was taking place in Moscow. This meeting aimed to cement and celebrate a new, perhaps even more powerful alliance for the 21st century. Russian President Vladimir Putin welcomed Chinese President Xi Jinping to the Kremlin to mark seven decades of diplomatic relations between Moscow and Beijing. They called their ties firm as a rock, boasting that China and Russia will jointly serve as a reliable guarantee of peace and stability for the world. Will such a coalition of nations assure harmony? What does Bible prophecy show will be the culmination of the union of Eastern Titans? Just weeks later, as American diplomats visited the region, the two Eurasian national leaders underscored their deepening relations by testing their Asian adversaries. Vividly demonstrating their joint military capability, four Chinese and Russian nuclear-capable aircraft flying in formation breached the airspace of South Korea and Japan, prompting both nations to scramble jets and stoking tensions in the region. China and Russia now present more than just a counterweight to the U.S. and other Western countries. According to a February 2018 Carnegie Endowment for International Peace report, these nations seek to accelerate what they see as the weakening of the United States. With a common desire to shift the center of global power from the Euro-Atlantic space to the east, the white paper continues, they aim to rewrite at least some of the rules of global governance. Not surprisingly, in the United Nations Security Council, where both nations are permanent members, they act in concert. They vote identically 98% of the time, and Russia has supported every Chinese veto since 2007. According to Douglas Shane and Malik Kalan, authors of the book The Russia-China Axis, their cooperation, almost without deviation, carries anti-American and anti-Western ramifications. Indeed, Russia and China exacerbate virtually every threat or problem facing the United States today. One of America's leading 20th century strategic thinkers, former National Security Advisor Zbigniew Brzezinski, sounded an alarm in his book, The Grand Chessboard. In analyzing threats to American security, he warned that the most dangerous scenario would be a grand coalition of China and Russia, united not by ideology, but by complementary grievances. Grievances and wounded national pride are powerful national motivators. And Moscow and Beijing have a growing list of complaints against Washington and the West. Constraints imposed by the U.S.-led global order are driving these Asian giants closer together. Simultaneously mired in economic conflicts with America, Russia and China have decided to work more closely in large part because both countries are more worried about the U.S., wrote foreign affairs scholar Walter Russell Meade in the Wall Street Journal on July 29, 2019. 
Last year, President Trump's administration announced it was moving away from the war on terror, choosing instead to focus on deterring strategic competitors, China and Russia. Mr. Trump blacklisted certain technology companies and levied a series of trade tariffs on exports from China, which the Treasury Department accused of being a currency manipulator. The U.S. has also expanded its military presence in the South China Sea to block Beijing's efforts to lay broader claims to it. The face-off against Russia has included the termination of a nuclear disarmament treaty, maintenance of economic sanctions against Russia for its occupation of Ukrainian territory, and accusation of meddling in U.S. elections. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi reportedly said in April 2018 that relations with Russia were at the best level in history. In June 2018, Xi Jinping reportedly declared Vladimir Putin to be his best, most intimate friend. The strong bond between them, they have met 30 times in the past six years, acts as both the driver and, when needed, the shock absorber in the relationship. Surveys of public opinion in 2018 show that 69% of Russians hold a negative view of the United States, while the same percentage of Russians hold a positive view of China. When asked who their enemies are, two-thirds of Russians point to the United States, ranking it as Russia's greatest adversary. Only 2% of Russians view China as their foe. These two geopolitical powerhouses have a complex and contentious history, marked by mutual suspicion, commercial rivalries, and ideological discord, punctuated by periods of intense hostility along their disputed 2,600-mile border. Russia's eastward expansion across Siberia and the Russian Far East in the 1800s led to unequal treaties forcing China to cede over 1.5 million square kilometers, that's 580,000 square miles, of their territory to Imperial Russia. They were allies for a brief period after the Communist Party takeover in Beijing in 1949, when Moscow sent aid and advisors to China. But following the death of Soviet leader Joseph Stalin, the regimes began trading barbs and then gunfire. In 1969, the sharp split led to a series of barter skirmishes that brought them to the brink of nuclear war. That tense standoff lasted for years. Because of that Sino-Soviet split, the U.S. and its Western allies have been relatively unconcerned about the emergence of such a cohesive bloc in the East. But in the last decade, as their relationships with the Western nations soured, both Moscow and Beijing faced a stark choice of alliance or isolation. Russia and China have pointedly presented themselves as, in the words of Washington Post analysis writer Adam Taylor, champions of free trade and opponents of protectionism, and both believe their export-driven economies are under threat from the West. Though China's economy is six times larger than Russia, the pairing has a certain logic because of Russia's vast natural resources and China's industrial prowess. China is rising as a global power with financial liquidity and a vast population yet lacks many vital natural resources. Russia is failing economically, but has the necessary know-how in key fields such as diplomacy, defense, and space, while its demographically barren regions are loaded with timber, water, minerals, gold, oil, and natural gas, all needing a market. In 2010, China became the world's largest energy consumer, surpassing the United States. 
and Russia recently displaced Saudi Arabia as China's largest source of imported oil. A decade ago, natural gas pipelines in Russia were all directed west toward Europe. But with the Power of Siberia pipeline, part of a 30-year gas deal worth $400 billion, coming on stream this year, China will become the second largest market for Russian gas, just behind Germany. Bilateral trade has shot up from $69 billion in 2016 to $107 billion last year. A merging of China's ambitious Belt and Road Initiative, the BRI, with Russia's Greater Eurasian Partnership Plan, aimed at the republics of the former Soviet Union, promises to form an impressive alliance with implications for Asia and Europe. In 2001 in Shanghai, the two countries created a kind of alternative to the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO called the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, the SCO. Formed originally with Russia, China, and several former republics of the Soviet Union, it has grown with the additions of India and Pakistan into a comprehensive effort to strengthen economic, political, and military ties. Vladimir Putin, recalling Soviet history with an eye for the future, has called SCO a reborn version of the Warsaw Pact. This new Asian axis is emboldened by a perceived decline of American will to use military might to support allies around the world. Both Russia and China have been streamlining and modernizing their forces. Though the prospect of a full-blown military alliance remains remote at this time, joint naval drills and sales of advanced technologies and sophisticated weapon systems have become routine. Highlighting this new partnership, Last fall, they participated together in Vostok 2018, the largest military exercise the world has seen since the end of the Cold War. This projection of military power involved hundreds of thousands of Russian troops that were joined by Chinese soldiers in what the South China Morning Post noted as the Shanghai spirit of mutual trust, mutual benefits, and consultation. Moscow and Beijing are also now jointly developing energy, transportation, and telecommunications infrastructure in the Arctic, believed to contain 13% of the world's undiscovered oil and almost 30% of its undiscovered gas. The Arctic waters along Russia's coastline are a potential shipping superhighway. The Northern Sea Route is designed to connect the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean along the Russian coast of Siberia and the Far East as a vital part of China's BRI infrastructure initiative. China, which has begun to identify itself as a near-Arctic state, says the route is as much as 15 days faster than shipping from Western Europe to China through the Suez Canal. Europe, as a market and source of technology, remains key to China and Russia's ambitions, with Europe continuing to be pulled apart by various internal frictions, Brexit, immigration, and authoritarianism. It has not focused on the threat of a potential Eurasian juggernaut in the making. A Eurasian super-alliance between Russia and China would, according to former European parliamentarian and author of Dawn of Eurasia, Bruno Macias, have a considerable impact. In the mind of the West, it would combine the fear associated with Russia with the apparent invulnerability of China. Washington would feel under attack. Europe intimidated and unsettled. The old continent would also face the threat of a split between Western Europe 
and the nations of Central and Eastern Europe, which could turn their focus east under the influence of a cash-happy China ready to invest in the region. It would be an entirely new world, and it's one that is coming closer to becoming reality. The supercontinent of Eurasia is the largest landmass on Earth, the home of 70% of the world's population and two-thirds of its economic growth. Its sheer size, wealth, and limitless potential has fascinated influential strategists for centuries. More than a century ago, Halford Mackinder called Eurasia the world island and the center of geopolitics. His heartland theory proposed that whoever ruled the core of Eurasia would command the world. Mackinder was, in a sense, quite correct, in that Eurasia will be front and center in a series of titanic clashes at the end of this age. While political leaders devise plans to dominate Eurasia, the God of the Bible boldly asserts that He alone can predict the future and bring it to pass. Isaiah 46, verses 8 through 11. His prophetic words foretell the major role this region will play at the end of the age so that we can know that He is in charge. The prophetic book of Daniel addresses an end-time clash in which the king of the north, a revived European superpower with historical links to the ancient Roman Empire, will defeat the king of the south, a Middle Eastern conglomeration. Daniel 11, verses 40 through 45. The victorious and boastful European power is then disturbed by troubling news from the east and the north. Verse 44. Using the modern nation of Israel as a reference point, to the north and east of Jerusalem are Russia and China. These Asian powers will move to oppose or counterbalance the European superpower. Daniel's prophecy continues with the European king preemptively launching an attack. Therefore he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. Verse 44. The Eurasian Colossus, known as the kings from the east in Revelation 16, 12, will then counterattack the European power with an enormous army from east of the Euphrates River, Jeremiah 50 and 51, and will kill a third of mankind, Revelation 9:15. They will then move toward the Middle East for a final confrontation with the King of the North, Revelation 9:13 through 18 and 16:12, in what they expect will be a final battle for mankind. These combined armies will then be confronted and defeated by the returning Jesus Christ. Revelation 17, 14 and 11, verse 15. You can learn more about these events, as well as the good news of the incredible time period that will follow them, in our booklet, The Book of Revelation, The Storm Before the Calm. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit lifehopeandtruth.com.